your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Sorry to disappoint, Cameron and Rhea are sick, and so I am here. They're sick, but I'm sick. You see the difference? Very different, very different. Um, I feel good. I feel great. I'm, uh, I'm doing this thing that uh, I'm changing my wardrobe. I'm going through my entire closet and throwing things out because all I, I've never thrown things out, and I have all the clothes I have from 10 years ago when I made some very distinct decisions about who I was going to be at 24 years old. But now when I dress like that, I just look like I'm the principal of Breakdance High School. So I can't, I can't look like the principal of Breakdance High School anymore. That's exhausting, by the way. I'm glad that job is not real. The principal of Breakdance High School sounds like we'd just be like constantly having to make sure all the B-boys have enough cardboard for the floor routines and constantly having to stop violence with the power of rap. And that just sounds exhausting to me. Hey, kids, don't you fight. Just shake hands. It'll be all right. <laughs> oh, it'll be all right. And then a fucking head spin. I'm not limber. <laughs> I just got back from the Midwest. Anyone else? Yeah? Where'd you come from? Uh, Chicago. You, when did you fly from Chicago? Um, last Thursday. Oh, my goodness. You made it. <laughs> A round of applause for her. Less than two delays? Um, one delay. One delay. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty, none of you know what the hell is going on. I had to go to South Bend, Indiana... Which, is, which was negative five and 12 when it was warm. And then you know what I did? I did something very black. I opened my suitcase and I went, I forgot my lotion. And then I trudged for 20 minutes through a foot of snow to get the right lotion. How committed am I? How committed am I to things that I decided were true at seventh grade? Um, I'm trying to, I was in a, I'm a, I'm a black nerd. I prefer the old term, which is black leader. And like uh, most of us, I'm traveled. And uh, I've been to England. And he obeyed in his wife, but I've been to England. And uh, something happened to me. You know, sometimes you have experiences that you can do something with, like, you, you have a story and you're like, I learned a lesson. And sometimes you just, something happens to you and you never understand why that happened. And you're just left for the rest of your life to play that story over and over again in your head. And when I was in England, it happened to me. I was walking down the street with my girlfriend at the time, who was also American. And like tonight, I was just killing, like everything I said, just diamond, diamond, blood diamond. And we're walking down the street, and I probably said something accurate and pithy about British people like, British people like, oi, you know, just hitting it, nail on the head. Man could have came out and sang that, nail on the head. And I would be like, thank you very much, that's accurate. And then I was like, oi. And then halfway down the block, this guy just stopped in his tracks. And he didn't even turn all the way around like a normal person. He kept his body facing this way, but then turned his torso <laughs> like a velociraptor with an attitude. <laughs> a naughty velociraptor. And uh, I was like, is he waiting for us? And as I got closer, I saw that he was waiting for us, which worried me because this is what this man looked like. Six foot two white gentleman, mid-fifties, long white hair that went down to his shoulders, black head to toe, covered in black. Black boots that went up to his knees. Black trench coat. And he had an eye patch. <laughs> and what I can only assume was an empty cello case because he was moving it around too easily. <laughs> and as I got closer, he was like, yes. And I was like, no. I do not know what's happening. Who are you? What's going on? What's happening? You called me. You called my name. No, sir. I don't even know your name. I have no idea who you are. I was just talking to my girlfriend right here, and I'm just, you know, killing. Just diamond, diamond, 
Blood Diamond. Anyway, I was just talking about expressions that British people use because I'm hearing sounds I've never heard before. We eat different salads. It's English, but we don't speak it the same. And I heard an expression that kind of was a crouton in the salad of language that you guys eat. And I just want to express that. Oop, that was extra crunchy. And that crouton is the expression, oi. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And he goes, yes, I am oi. May I help you? And I said, nice to meet you and put my hand out. said a full sentence because I didn't want to be like, huh? Because what if that person shows up? Wow. What if that person shows up? What if that person shows up? Next thing you know, I'm getting beat down by a bunch of expressions in a country I don't live in. He didn't shake my hand. He just looked at it and then he took off. So fast. And forever I will ask myself why. Why did that happen? Who was that man? First of all, why was he mad? If your name is Oi, that's being named Hey. You've never heard anyone say Hey, and it wasn't about you. That's a frustrating life. Don't go to a soccer match. You won't enjoy it. Then also, I think two things. I have one thing I like, and this is what I think happened, and then one thing I really think is true. The one thing I like is I met the physical embodiment of the nightmare British people tell their children to stop them from speaking slang. Like, that's who he was, a Victorian boy's nightmare. David, 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 you've said oi twice tonight. If you say it a third time, a man will come with an empty jello case. (laughs) Why is it empty? Because that's perfect size to fit a disobedient young child. That's one thing. The other thing, and this is what I think is really true, is that I interrupted him in the middle of finding the man who stole his eye. That's <laughs> who stole his eye and killed his brother. A man named Yo, who was walking around New York interrupting British people's conversations. Did you call me? And they're like, no, I did not. Why do you have a cello and an eye and a necklace? And... Um, There's no ending to the story. That's, that, that joke is my fucking Moby Dick. So watch me figure out eight and endings until I give up in a month. That's the theme song for that joke. <laughs> We've got a great show tonight. I hope you guys are ready for it. Let me have some energy. Stop. Pretty good. <laughs> Coming out first, we have a great comedian. Uh, this gentleman is in a sketch group. A sketch group. <laughs> Basically, when uh, sketch uh, groups discuss what kind of jazz drummers they like, they usually come across a man named Gene Krupa. So then they make a sketch group to write sketches about the drummings of Gene Krupa. That is a jazz reference. So people are going to be listening to this podcast going, my goodness, Blue Note Records. Um... The first comedian coming to the stage is in a sketch group called The Last Spaceman. A round of applause, everyone, for Finn Straley, everybody. Give it up for Barrett. Oh, man. Right up top, not a lot of fans of uh, jazz drummers in the audience. Good for me to know. (laughs) Gonna have to change my set significantly. It's a bummer. How's 2015 taste so far? How are we doing with that? pretty good. I'm having a good 2015 so far. I got high hopes for this year. Uh, real high hopes. 2014. Real mixed bag. Not gonna lie. A lot of ups and downs. Uh, somebody said the worst thing to me in 2014 that anyone's ever said to me in my entire life. Somebody said the worst thing I've ever heard. It was the most hurtful thing. Somebody said that in profile I look like a well-fed Dave Matthews. <laughs> Which people on the side loving that right now. <laughs> What do you guys think? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> That's a flawless burn. Uh, I think about that every single day. <laughs> it happened in January. It happens every time I think it makes me want to crash my car into a wall. It makes me want to have the wall crash into me. That's what I mean. The inevitable <laughs> muttered tag. Ugh. Somebody said the best thing in 2015 that I've ever heard. 20, and somebody said the best thing to me in 2014 that I've ever heard, though. So it kind of balanced out. It was a wash. Uh, in 2014, 
a black guy called me player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, like, you know what that's like, but if you're a white person, that's a delight. It's the best thing that can happen. <laughs> it was a real treat for me, because I think that no matter how cool you are as a white person or how cool you think you are, if a black guy calls you player, there's going to be a part of you that goes, well, I suppose I am somewhat of a player. Uh, <laughs> I do love to play. Uh, <laughs> it's just the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. It's not a big deal. So yeah, 2014, not all bad. Uh, I got a job in 2014. That was good. I uh, got a job. Not my dream job. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, I, work in a, I work in like a cool office. Do you guys, are you familiar with that concept? It's not, a, it's not a cool job. That's an important distinction. A cool job is you're like a sailor or, a, or like a construction worker or a cop. Like any of the village people jobs. Those are all cool jobs. <laughs> A, uh, a cool office, that just means that my boss rides a scooter around. That's all that means. And we have Nerf guns sometimes. Uh, all it means is that my boss could theoretically like scoot over and fire me at any second. <laughs> he could just scoot over to me on a kid's toy uh, and be like, you're fired. So that's just, that's a reality that I live with. <laughs> not my dream job, obviously. Cool office, not my dream job. Dream job, pretty clearly, you can probably tell just from looking at me, uh, Lifetime worker at the Halloween Superstore. That's it. That's all I want. Oh my God, that'd be so sweet. I want to work there. I want to work there year round. I want to work there, obviously, in October peak time, for sure. But I want to work at the Halloween Superstore in August, like dog days of summer. That's where I really want to be there. Because like the only people that uh, shop at the Halloween Superstore in August, two kinds of people. You got your bank robbers. You got your creeps. That's it. <laughs> And those are my favorite kinds of people. So I just want to hang out with them nonstop. But even, like, even the Halloween Superstore, though, even the Halloween Superstore, that's not a perfect occupation. There's things that are wrong with it that I think would drive me crazy if I actually did work there, if my dream did come true. Like, the Halloween Superstore is the last bastion of open racism in American retail. That's just a fact that we all accept somehow. There's a Tiger Woods mask at the Halloween Superstore in Burbank that's offensive to every race. It checks them all off. Like, there's not a single person in here who, if they walked in the Halloween Superstore in a Burbank and saw it, wouldn't be like, that's a bit much. <laughs> it's like it was created in a racist lab by scientists. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we've got to pour another beaker of Chinese face into this hate cauldron. <laughs> Make something perfect. <laughs> they have pimp costumes. They have pimp costumes at the Halloween Superstore. You can, you can go right now and just, uh, you can dress up like a silly old pimp. Like a... Uh, <laughs> A silly old trader of women's bodies. You could do that right now if you wanted to. Which the pimp costume, it should just be called, because uh, you can't do blackface. <laughs> like, you know, college freshman, you know what you want to do. Just do it. Just do blackface. You'll get on NPR for sure. <laughs> but this, yeah, there's just, it's better than being unemployed. That's the thing. Like, even the Halloween Superstore, even my fucking shitty cool office, it beats not working, I think. Does it? No, it definitely doesn't. Uh, being un well, but okay, being unemployed is amazing. Being unemployed is the best thing in the whole world for everybody for two days, always. That's the entire. That's the rule. For two days, unemployment's the best thing ever because for two days you wake up early, and you go print resumes out and you hand them to businesses around the the town, and you go go for a hike and you learn a language and you do all this cool stuff. But then on the third day, you wake up at noon. And you still print resumes out, but then you just throw them into the wind and laugh. Just watch them spiral. And then you go home and try not to buy a skateboard. And that's, that's pretty much your whole day. That's every day for nine months. That's every single day. God, I did buy a skateboard. I did do it. God damn it. Uh, it was a nightmare. I bought it because I thought I would look cool doing it. Which uh, I don't. Spoiler alert, I don't look cool doing it. Uh, skateboarding, it's kind of one of those things. It's, uh, it only looks really cool doing it if you're like a super skinny, handsome person, I think. It's like, uh, it's like you know, smoking or dancing or wearing clothes of any kind. Which is just hard for me, because like, I'm from Alaska originally. That's my home. And in Alaska, I'm a 10. Ah, the fact that that gets laughs never doesn't hurt. <laughs> never stops hurting. <laughs> Not a joke, not even really a setup. <laughs> Just necessary information <laughs> to this, the next part of the bit. 
Oh, God damn it. It just, it hurts, it hurts because it's just, it's easier for super skinny, handsome people to dress cool. It just is. It just is. Like, the best example I have of this is uh, Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive, who he wore a scorpion jacket. In that movie, he wore a jacket with a scorpion on it. And everyone was like, that's a hot guy. Uh, that guy fucks hot people, absolutely. But if I wore a scorpion jacket, you would be like, that guy drinks a lot of Mountain Dew. Uh, that guy plays weird games. That guy, is the, that guy is the dungeon master of a game that is not Dungeons & Dragons. That guy is a Shadowrun uh, dungeon master. All right, that's it for me, guys. Thank you very much. Give it up for your host, Baron Vaughn. Ben Straley. Nora Dunn, Rachel Tratch, Tim Kazarinsky, musical guest Technotronic, and your host, Fred Savage. One more time for Finch Rayleigh, everybody. The next act coming to the stage are visiting our lovely city from the lovely city of Chicago, and they were also recently featured at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal, but they're totally cool about it. A round of applause for the Putterball Sisters, everybody. Hey, L.A. I brought my own mic. Yes! Give it up for Baron! Oh, you guys were glad to be here. We are. So nice. The weather's so nice. Sure is, girl. You guys have all sorts of yoga daddies. You guys have all sorts of kale mamas. Yeah. You guys have... Living ladies. Just going to dispensaries, writing spec scripts about pilots and episodes about pilot episodes, you know? I know. You guys guys do have your shit together in L.A., guys, but have you ever seen... A body from the Midwest made entirely out of old-style beer and hot dogs. You ever seen a deep-dish pizza body? You ever seen a 7-Eleven snack body? You ever seen an IHOP four syrups on the table body? You ever seen a Outback Steakhouse onion loaf body? <laughs> You ever seen a Ford Ruckers manager body? <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Man, oh, it's man. It's fine. It's fun. You know, here's the thing. I'm wearing high-waisted pants, and I'm a short gal, and I think these are meant for tall gals because it all, all that it really does is just make my pussy look really long. Uh, <laughs> it does have a long mom pussy, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's um, like long, long mom pussy realness is what right. that outfit is. Right. You actually, I think your outfit right. looks like you're in an all-female synth band called Nuva Ring. Mm. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I think we look like we're in a band together Yeah. Uh, called Too Old for Tinder, Too Young to Die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel like, I I don't know, I feel like there's really not enough reasons why women can question themselves in 2015. Mm-mm. So I personally am very thankful for stores like American Apparel. Thank, Thank you. you. Forever 21. Thank, Thank you. Because you can go in there and you can be like, is this an earring? Oh, it it's a dress. <laughs> I will take two, one for the front, one for the back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. I kind of, you know, like, because I want to go into the store and be like, do we have anything that's going to make me feel petite and bulky at the same time? <sighs> do you guys have anything that's going to make me feel, like, small, but then also kind of wide, but then when you get right here, I just want to have a raging camel toe? Do you guys have anything? <laughs> like a lycra camel toe. Do you guys have anything? Do you guys like have that? anything that's fun and flirty to my knees, and then when we get to my thighs, I want it to look like, I can really push your car out of the snow. <laughs> Anything like that? Yeah. I also don't know. I'm not a business gal, okay? She's not a business gal. I do love faxing, but that's just a hobby of mine. Uh, I don't know if anybody... They should have sat these, these people down that named this store and was like, okay, now, has anybody considered... This is a fucking stupid name for a store. 
Forever 21. I don't know what you guys were doing in your 21s, but... (laughs) I do not want to be there forever. Yikes. He gags. Wow. That is a spooky haunted house of a life. That's a haunted house. Admit one to the haunted house of your life. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, Does that mean that I have to go back into a time and a place that I was throwing up Mike's Hard Lemonade in an alley and I have to stay there for the rest of my life? Are you telling me that for the rest of my life, for the rest of time, I get to go back to the time in my life when I was like, what is that? Meth? Ooh, I will absolutely try that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Does this mean I have to go back into a time and a place when I was just in somebody's basement giving an unemotional hand job while listening to Nickelback (laughs) and stay there for the rest of time? I'll stay in my forever 30s where it's secure and comfortable and I know who I am as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll stay at Kmart shopping for slacks where all of them smell like crazy bread. Mm. Mm. Uh, what else have we been doing? We've been doing a lot while we're we here. We have We've been, been doing, doing a so lot. Much. But taking some L.A. Instagrams. You guys like those, right? Yes. You guys love gramming. We've been taking some L.A. selfies. We've been going to Griffith Park, just taking people's dogs, taking pictures of them. Um, we, I... I I just took a few the other day. Sure, yeah. Did you put a good hashtag on? I hashtagged some good hashtags. It was just like, today, a cheesecake factory Burbank waitress. (laughs) Tomorrow, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. See, I went, I went to like, I wanted like the Hollywood sign behind me, Mm. you know, and so I I took one that was like, in a city so busy, it's nice to know there's still dreamers. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag LA. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are from Chicago. There is, um, there's four AM bars there. Uh, that is not not okay. Not okay. <laughs> not okay. Not okay. The <laughs> whole city an option. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like we know it's a problem because we live through it all the time. But mm-hmm. when other people come to visit, they're honestly shocked and mm-hmm. surprised at the same time. Yeah. They're like. Are you okay? Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Are you okay? Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Do you guys drink water? Do you guys ever drink do you do you drink water here in Chicago? And I'm like, we eat a lot of hot dogs. Is that drinking water? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I do I appreciate uh, a lady that knows how to drink though. Yeah, knows how I to mean, keep I've, sauce. I get it. I've been cut off. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, let me just beer bong this box of Franzia. <laughs> And then I will get right out of this TJ Maxx, okay? (laughs) Calm down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of do think that the world's problems could be solved if women got together and drank about it. I know. It's just so inspiring. You know what I mean? We just inspire each other. Positive. You're like, Ashley, I know we work a group on together, and I didn't even think that I liked you, but now that we're drinking all these gin and tonics, I just realized your bangs are fucking crushing it, girl. (laughs) Your bangs? And your blouse and that hair and your mind, I do not know why Brandon is not going down on you right now. Yeah, and also, also, Brandon works at CVS, girl. And you okay? don't even have an extra care card, girl. Get him out of here. Brandon, have I gone to LaGuardia Airport and bought shots for a woman because we both shared the same middle name and she was a widow? Yes. yes. <laughs> Did that widow come up to me and say, Hi, my name's Lynn and I'm a widow. And I said... Get her some shots! And also my sister! She's a widow! Have I told a TGI Friday's waitress that she should leave her husband? Yes. yes. You know, I was like, I don't know how you can get your hair that perfect combination of both crunchy and separated in the middle and the bangs, but you're doing it! You're crushing it! Is that a neck tattoo of Taz? Yes! You are making it work, girl! I mean, when guys get together and drink, I feel like it's just all, like, popping boners and just yeah. walking around being like, she wants to fuck me, she's trying to fuck me, she probably wants to give me a blowjob. All right, let's all just put our boners in a pile, toss yeah, them around. just a couple of bros playing boner talk. It's not gay if they're all boners, so let's just pop them around. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've just never seen a group of girls at a bar be like, all right, Miranda, Bethany, Stephanie, get over here. I'm going to take my shirt off and you're going to punch my tits as hard as you can. You guys have been great. We've been the Powerball Thank you so much. Uh, if you want 
to follow us, we will be taking an Uber all the way home. The Putterbaugh Sisters. We're going to keep the show moving, moving right along. The next comedian coming to the stage was on Conan last night. Mofos. A round of applause for Alingon Mitra. Um, I always want to introduce this like the beginning of some sort of radio interview, which is my impulse. I don't, I don't know why I feel to say that. You guys can say your own names. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, all right. I'll say it. You want I'll, me to say it? No, no, no. We'll say it at the same time. Okay. So we can see if it's correct. Alingon Mitra. I don't think anybody heard it. Sam J. Sam J. And Alingon Mitra, yeah. who was just on Conan. You guys both started was, in Boston. Yeah, and he's way more popular than I am. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all irrelevant in the end. No offense. No. In the end, we all become dust. No offense. No, but then like at the funeral, a lot of people will show up to mind. At the funeral, people are going to be like, he, at least he was on Conan. Right. And Sam wasn't, which is weird that they'll bring you up at yeah. his funeral. I think they will, though. What's in my will? <laughs> so weird. Well, there's a will, there's a J. Hey, boom. So you guys both started in Boston, and I started in Boston. I started many years ago. The only people I can think of, I remember I started out with mainly Mike Kaplan. Mm-hmm. I'm in his class. Mike okay. Kaplan. Shane Moss. Shane was a little after me because Shane, I was in Boston for a year, then left, and then I started coming back to Boston because I knew I could get stage time there. Right, right. And Shane was around all of a sudden, and Aaron Judge, yeah. and a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the people I kept. Joe most. List? Yeah, Joe, Joe List. List. Yeah. Joe List, exactly. John Fish. Fish had moved to, Fish was way ahead of me, though. Mm-hmm. When I started out, I remember seeing Gary Goldman. The, the yeah, first Gary. week I started doing stand-up, I saw Gary Goldman at three open mics, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and it was good for me because I, I liked that I saw a comic I'd never heard of that I thought was hilarious. What, what was Goldman's status at that point? Was he... He was, he was in town opening for Dane Cook. Oh, that was okay. when the comedy connection was still at Faneuil Hall. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, which okay. was amazing. So had, and also, it was amazing, and also Dane Cook was still amazing. Yeah. In my personal opinion. Harmful of Swallowed was out. That was it. Yeah, yeah, That's when that was. Um, the connection in Faneuil Hall was, like, my introduction into, like, anything quality of comedy. Who do you remember seeing there? Oh, uh, man, Bruce Bruce. Okay. Which I thought was a shed. Okay. Uh, Tracy Morgan, who, uh, that was interesting. Um, Harlan Williams, Bill Burr opening for Harlan Williams. Oh, wow. Um, those are all the ones I could believe really were at the top, but I just remember, like, that was a goal of mine. Was, like, to be uh, as good as what you saw. Yeah, to be as good as what I saw at the connection. And to be able to one day work at the connection. At the connection. Yeah. Alingon, what about you? I never got to see it when I, st- when I started, it already closed. Oh, sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I heard. Legend of it. Yeah, I was a watcher at that point. I hadn't really touched the stage yet, but I was just like a voyeur, and that was like my place to go and just like. Well, and that's that's why it was important because it was like a small club, Mm -hmm. and it was a place for essentially. If it still was open, I would be playing there. Yeah, and now and there's no yeah. place for. I feel like there's no place for middle guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're three years in, or you're Bill well, Burr. Boston, the there's, same guys who a new, own the connection. Right now, doing Laugh Boston, which I was supposed to do maybe, but I hear mixed things. <laughs> so we'll see. Now, last, you know what it is? Last is just been a year in December, so I think they're still finding hear, their audience, right? And I think what you're hearing from people is just them finding their way. Like they've changed staff a lot. Okay, um, but I worked there a lot, and I, I, I don't want to be in any. Other club in the city right now. Like, oh. I think it's a great environment well, for comics. Well, that is comics. a glowing review. They treat comics super, super well. They, like, like all, like, any comic from any part of the city, even okay. not a show, just come hang out at the bar. Oh. Like, you can bump so into they the headliners. Well. Like, okay. they try to keep the audience there afterwards. Like, I love the vibe a lot. Alright. I love it. I think, and I think they're really fine in their way. Okay, well, that's, that's, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because that's going to influence my opinion. Yeah. Lingon, do you, do you, uh, who are some of your influences? that you remember seeing when you were starting out, that you were like, oh, what's this? Hmm, when I was starting out, so, 
like Goldman had stopped by the studio. Yeah. So I got to see that. The comedy studio, which is in Harvard Square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston shit, guys. Boston <laughs> shit. And that and Kaplan was. I don't know if he had moved by then, but either he, he was, didn't move for a long time. Yeah. Like, he told me the whole story of why. Oh really? But in, anyway, so Kaplan Goldman. Kaplan Goldman. Joe Wong would be oh, yeah. doing. Uh, Joe was around too when I was starting out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So those those were the guys I feel like who you could see pretty regularly. Uh, not Goldman, um, but uh, not even Mike. So I guess it's just Joe. <laughs> okay. This is Joe. Joe Wong is the only influence <laughs> that you have in Boston. And early, and early. Oh, actually, the first Mike I ever went to, I got to see Orlando Baxter in Worcester. Oh, oh yeah, Orlando's beast. Orlando's after me too, I think. Yeah. I think, yes, I think he started later. But uh, by the time I started, he had, he had been doing it enough where he was like a... James Goff player. was around, too. James is a New York... Bethany player. Vandell. Bethany's still around, and she's... Sean Bedgood. Sean's still around. Um, <laughs> I remember just seeing... I started out, I remember it was like... Tim McIntyre was the first comic I thought was funny that was nice yeah, to me. Tim's awesome still. He's Robbie still Prince guy. was around. Um, Kelly cool Kelly Boston McFarland. Couple. Kelly is my favorite person in the world. Yeah, she was she hosted the first mic I did at Dick Doherty's. One of the first times I did a good job, she hugged me and uh, put my head in her bosom and I felt amazing about it. Well fantastic. It was motherly and awesome. And I'll love her forever for it. Well, that's. I wish that I could say the same thing happened to me, but yeah, it did not. It did not happen to me. So, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you guys? Um, at Sam, S A M J A Y comic on Twitter and Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. Boom. At Alingon, so that's the hardest way. A, at Alingon? At Alingon, which A- is A L I N G O N. Okay, also in the room is a man named J.F. Harris who's very funny. Hey, what's up? And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Alingon Mitra. One more time. Moving right along, this next comedian is in town from Boston, was doing the Riot LA Comedy Festival. A round of applause everyone for Sam J, everybody. What is up, guys? Let's get right into this shit. I'm fat as hell. And I'm really sick of it. I'm tired of it. It's really getting on my nerves. Because I wasn't always fat. I was at one point skinny, and then fatness just crept upon me one day. Like, one day I went to tie my shoes, and I was just fucking exhausted. I was like, oh, my God. I'm tired. This shower makes me want to go to sleep. And (laughs) that's when I realized it was out of control. But I think it's real easy to be fat in this country because it's always, like, accessible, right? Like, the way this country's set up is just as easy to be fat. You go to a Walmart, and there's Cheetos next to the flip-flops, next to the sweatpants, and you're like, just give me all this shit, and... I've given up. I don't care anymore. <laughs> LA has been super weird for me because uh, my ex-boyfriend lives here. Yep, I had a boyfriend before this happened. And I bumped into him and it was super awkward. You know what I mean? And it was a weird relationship. You know, like I really, really tried to make it work, but I'm gay as shit, so it didn't work out <laughs> at all. But I made a strong attempt, right? But it was super awkward because... I'm a dominant personality, like I'm an alpha, I have a very dominant personality. He was such a sweet, sensitive, passive guy that it would piss me off. It would drive me crazy. Like his niceness would get on my nerves. Like he would say the sweetest things. Like he would say stuff like, oh my God, Samaria, you're so beautiful. I want you to be the last woman I touch. And my first thought would be like, what a faggot. What is wrong with you? I've seen myself naked in the mirror. I don't want to be the last woman I touch. Are you insane? I've been taking public transportation around L.A. I love taking public transportation anywhere I go because I think it's a great time to embrace your stereotypes. Right? I think people are always trying to downplay stereotypes, trying to say you can't say all oh, people do this, you can't say all oh, people do that. I think we need to be embracing that shit and using it to our advantage. You know what I mean? Like, people think black people are hostile. I use this all the time on the train or the bus. Right? I blast music out my headphones. I look left and right real crazy. I bark every once in a while. No white people sit next to me for miles on a train. It is beautiful. I don't got to deal with your boogie boards and sailboats and stuff. You bring on a train like your stupid volleyball nets. Whatever the hell. I can ride in peace, right? 
We think Asians are magical. We think one touch will knock you out. We leave them the hell alone for the most part. <laughs> Don't mess with them. White women have the power of tears. You guys cry and get whatever the hell you want, which is beautiful. Use that. Every time I tell that joke, there's a white girl like, no, no, I don't. And there's a white guy next to her like, yes. Yes, they do. But that's fine. I wish when I cried, people gave a shit, but they don't. You know what I mean? I don't even care when I see women of color cry. When I see a woman of color cry, I'm just like, mm, bitch, times are hard. What do you want from me? It's a rough world. <laughs> I see a white woman cry. I'm like, oh my God, do something. She's in distress. She doesn't deserve that. We gotta help her. But you gotta embrace your thing, right? Because when you embrace your stereotype, you can use it to help other people. If you embrace your thing, you can help other people out. I'll give you an example. Recently, I was at a comedy festival. I was smoking weed with my homeboy. We automatically look suspicious because he is a man. I look like a man. We both black and smell like weed. So people are staring. <laughs> and I'm trying to hide the weed. I'm putting it behind my back. I'm sticking it under the chair. And then this white lady walked up and she was like, hey, I smell that weed you're smoking. I would love to smoke with you. I'll even light a cigarette to help mask the smell if you let me. And I felt like we had just picked up an item in Zelda. <laughs> like, you have just acquired white woman shield. <laughs> you are now invisible to cop security and otherwise nosy-ass crackers. Like, oh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> Weed is my favorite drug, though. It's my favorite drug to do. It is the only drug I do. I have a lot of white friends. They get very mad about this. They feel like I'm not exploring drugs enough. Because white people know everything about all the drugs for some reason. <laughs> Like, whatever school course you take teaches you all that shit. Like, you know what type of juice is supposed to be available, what type of beanbag chair, what type of poster. You know your drug shit. But I only do weed, and I was hanging out with my homeboy, and he was like, have you ever tried mushrooms? I told him no. He flipped the fuck out on me. He was like, how have you never tried mushrooms? It's the best drug in the world. How have you never tried mushrooms? And I was like, dude, every time I hear about someone high on mushrooms, it's always some Joshua tree type shit, right? Like, there's always dope scenery, a lake, cool trees, cool shit to look at. I don't want to be high on mushrooms, walk out my door and see two crackheads fighting over a baby stroller. Like, I don't live in a mushroom-friendly environment. And I don't want to be judged about it. Leave me alone. I love watching angry white man television. It's one of my... I do. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Like, O'Reilly Factor, Hannity and Combs, just like the mad-ass white man for no reason. Just the old angry white dude. Because it's hilarious to me, right? Because they're always mad at shit for no... Like, I don't understand it, right? And the holiday season's the best time to watch because they always get really irate over nothing, right? It's always like some Jew teacher is letting her kids color menorahs instead of Christmas trees. Fuck diversity. This is America. Ah, right? And you're like, yo, what is wrong with these dudes? Right? And they always get to this point where they're like, we're losing the country. We're losing the country. We're losing the country. And I'm always very lost because everywhere I look, white men are still buying L.L. Bean by the shit ton. And I just <laughs> feel like if you can afford the monogram of bathrobe, you're doing all right in this world. What are you really losing, right? But I was like, we're losing. We're losing. We're losing. I was like, what are they losing? What are they losing? And then I watched three seasons of Mad Men on Netflix. I get it. You lost every fucking thing. You lost every fucking thing, man. Like, white man America, I am with you. This is bullshit. Because at some point, that was really your life. Like, that wasn't fiction. That's how you lived as a white man. You woke up in the morning with another woman's smell all over your body, right? Bourbon on your breath. You run downstairs, kiss your wife in the mouth. She says nothing to you. Just serves you the pancakes with the perfect square in the middle, like an Aunt Jemima box pancake drips, <laughs> dripping off every side, right? Eat hearty like a man. Jump in your American-made Cadillac. Swerve all the way to work. No police fuck with you. You're a white man in America. The most a cop will do is pull in front of you and be like, hey, I heard you having some problems getting into work. Let me guide you in, buddy. Lead you into work. You get to work. Run upstairs. Secretary greets you with double D tits and a short skirt. You fuck her right there in the middle of the office. You don't even hesitate. As soon as you pull out, she tells you she's pregnant. You fire her. Bitch, you're fired. Get out of my office. I do what pregnant bitches. Are you stupid? Who told you to get knocked up, whore? Go to your office, sleep off your hangover, wake up, go to a business lunch, get drunk again, and get a promotion. And that was your life. That is what you did every day. And then, like, women started thinking, and black people wanted to eat sandwiches next to you, and it all went to shit. You lost every fucking thing. Now I know why you don't want Mexicans to vote. It's a slippery slope. Everything could be gone in an instant. And it's bullshit. Hey, that's been my time. You guys have been dope. Sam J. Sam J. Bill Murray. 
I could just I can do it all all day. Every every cast member. It's horrible. Danitra Vance. Some of you probably don't even remember who that is. She was the sister to Angela's husband. Angela Bassett. Okay. Someone like people, who's Angela Bassett's husband? Courtney. Okay. So coming up next to the stage, some of you guys watch Law and Order. Um <laughs> Coming up next to the stage, this next comedian is in town from New York, and he is also in from Adult Swim. A round of applause for J.F. Harris, everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, How about giving it up for everyone you saw on the show so far? This has just been fucking great. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to put this over here. Um... Oh, man, what should I... Well, I guess... All right, well, I'll do this. Um, I'll tell you guys this. This is totally true. I just lost 120 pounds. Thank you. Her name was Jessica. Yeah, that's how I'm going to tell you things about me. Me and my ex-wife, we didn't have any kids, uh, mostly because of the fact that I was afraid that I was going to have a girl, and more so I was afraid that I was going to have a girl who looks like me. And I don't mean like the little girl version of me. I mean like me now, currently, this. Because we've all seen that girl who looks like her dad, and she looks like a little 40-year-old plumber. And I don't want to do that to my daughter. Like, picture me in pigtails and a dress. Yeah, no one's buying that kid a Valentine's Day card. Maybe a couple drinks at last call, but that's about it. Oh, you don't need to awe. She's not real. She doesn't exist. (laughs) For that exact reason, her life would be way too hard. She'd show up for like her first day of school and they'd be like, what do you want to be when you grow up, little girl? And she'd be like, princess! And they'd be like, uh, how about bouncer? <laughs> You're still long and she's still not real. Also, just genetically, I'm really terrified to pass down my genes to kids. Mostly because of the fact that I was born severely dyslexic. I was born with nerve damage in my hands that causes my hands to shake. And I'm super lucky, though. Because of that, the New York City Board of Ed told me I could pick any high school I want to go to. Which is pretty sweet. If I was smart, I would have picked a school like LaGuardia, which is the School of Performing Arts in New York City. It's where they shot that movie Fame. But instead, I chose poor Richmond High School, which is where they shot that kid, Jamal. <laughs> it was a bad choice. Loosen those tight white assholes. This will be more fun. <laughs> Other kids would come up to me in school, and they'd be like, hey, who do you like, the Mets or the Yankees? Huh? Who do you like, the Mets or the Yankees? And I'd be like, oh, I'm not really into sports. Well, I think sock is kind of cool. And they'd be like, get him. <laughs> Got a lot. The first time I was ever beat up in my life, I was jumped. I was in the fourth grade, uh, but this really cool thing happened. Uh, The guys from my block found out about it, and like a scene out of a movie, they chased down the kids from the other gang that beat me up, and when they caught up to them, like a little flock of Joe Pesci's, they pulled (laughs) wiffle ball bats out of their bags, shoved it in those kids' front spokes, and started beating those kids up. Yeah, they were like, you can't beat up that faggot, that's our faggot. Afterwards, they showed up at my house, and they were like, hey, you know that problem you had? We took care of it. We're in the fourth grade. They took care of it. It was like, hey, if anybody ever hurts you the way that we hurt you, you come and see us, and we'll hurt them the way that we hurt you. Now come here and give me a hug. Now go eat that dog shit. I'm happy you guys laughed at that joke. Because sometimes audiences get a little uptight in it, because in that joke I say the word faggot. Uh, I only say it because those kids used to beat me up and call me a faggot. Uh, I remember one time I did it, and as soon as I got off the stage, this lady followed me out of the room, and she was like, hey, that wasn't cool. And I was like, yeah, I know, can you believe it? Those kids used to beat me up and call me a fag. (laughs) And she was like, no, that word, it hurts. And I was like, yeah, I know, it hurt me. Well, they beat me up and called me a fag. Like, she acted like I had a choice in how I was hate-crimed as a kid. Like, I could have been like, whoa, 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 hold on a second here, guys, hold on a second here. Whoa, you actually stopped? Weird. Should have asked a long time ago. Hey, you guys might not call me a fag. Oh, no, I know you love it, but see, there's this lady in the future. She's going to have such a hard time with it. 
There's two roads we can walk down right now. There's a road, because they put this out as a podcast, and there's jokes that I could tell that I do not want my ex-wife to hear. And then there are jokes that I can tell that I don't really want to fucking tell. All right, that guy decided it. Fuck. I'm not legally divorced yet. Okay, me and my ex-wife, we didn't have sex for a whole fucking year before we got divorced, which is insane. And right before we got divorced, I told her that I was thinking about moving to Portland, Oregon, and what she said to me is, oh, you should go move to the woods and go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, so not much would have changed. I would have just been in the woods. J.F. Harris, James Adomian, how you guys doing? Uh, pretty small. I'm feeling pretty good. Actually, it's J.F. Adomian. I believe it's James Harris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Harris. Okay, that perfect. The shit out of me. <laughs> uh, how are you guys feeling about things? How do you feel about your set tonight? Great. How do you feel about your sets in general lately? <laughs> Which questions do you want me to answer? I think sets in general lately. Are Oriana Falaci. Are you like working on? Are you working on shit that you're having difficulty with? That you like that where it's going or what's going on creatively? You know, I, I'm just hoping to pull some extra laughs out of this interview Uh-oh. to make up for what was on stage. Well, I don't know that that's going to be in the interview. I mean, uh, in the podcast, right? No, I'm cutting everything out. I'm pulling all the laughs that I... I'm keeping my jokes and I'm pulling the laughs. And I'm bringing in Kyle Kinane laughs from, a, from one of his albums. Oh, okay. All right. And I'm going to send them as a, as a MP3 file for like to be edited in okay. after my jokes. So you're going to bring in Death of the Party laughs. Yes. <laughs> to make yourself seem like the life of the party. Mm-hmm. I got you. JF, what about you? I got lost in that whole thing. I know. I just mean, are you are you working on stuff right now that you I'm feel doing, like is... I'm doing a lot of new stuff. Right a lot of new now. stuff? And how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm really happy with it. It's, yep. it uh, I had some big life changes lately. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's, I, I, what's I, I new got, about I this got, material? This is all new to me, actually. Uh, yeah, I got, I'm getting divorced, so oh, I, wow. I lost about 20 minutes, 25 minutes of being married. Of guys. happily married jokes. Of happily married jokes. <laughs> of, of mediumly married jokes. I mean, you lose, you lose your wife. Yeah, sure. But the wife jokes, though. <laughs> the wife jokes, though. It's, it's nice to have them in the Midwest. They relate to you when you're Yes. Married. In the Midwest, they do not relate to me. Yeah. Do oh, do they don't do divorce there, huh? Oh, well, they do. They, that's actually... And they really hate when you ditch material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you're just, you're trying to get, you're talking about what kind of stuff now that's different than what... Just having to go through a divorce. Yeah. Some life changes. Get it, like, yeah. you're moving past the person that was part of your life for a really long a time. A really long time. Okay, well, I'm sorry about the divorce. It's okay. But you're going to have we're, we're a great both, fucking divorce We're both child. very cordial and very cool with it, so... It's one of these adults. We have a Good thing, God, because I'm siding with her. A yeah, celebrity you should. guest <laughs> appearance by John Roy here. You should side with her. Uh-huh. I, you don't have to have an appearance. You guys can just finish what you're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, <laughs> I don't need to be. You get out of here, Roy. <laughs> and he goes. Oh, he goes. She goes. He goes. Tap dancing away, surrounded by pyrotechnics. Like it would have been a great show. He's like, you don't need me. I'm just gonna. Then I'm gonna take my band and. What about you, James? Are there? What do you think is changing about your act lately? About what you're trying to talk about on stage? I don't know if there's a like a serious answer to that. I mean, uh, I'm there's a bunch of new stuff that I did tonight. Which is what's it about? Though? Or it's in the last three weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, what do I? Uh, I'm trying to like figure out a way I'm to. Getting, I'm getting really esoteric with the discussion. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to address the Armenian genocide in my comedy since it's the 100 year anniversary, and okay. I, uh, <laughs> I am openly Armenian, so uh, there's I, there's it's a delicate situation. Yeah. Uh, and then um, you're trying to talk Turkey. Yeah. And then I got to <laughs> <laughs> come on, uh, good one. That's, come on, that's it's, it. Because uh, yeah, it's you know it's, I do comedy and I'm also Armenian and. Uh, uh, there's a lot fewer of us than there otherwise would Armenian have been. comic. He's a comic who just happens to be Armenian. That's what guys. they said about Johnny Cash, right? No, you know, they? He was, they were like, "Are you a Christian artist?" And he goes, "Like, I'm a musician and I'm a Christian, but I'm not a Christian musician." <laughs> it was like a big distinction. I love that you actually had to do Johnny Cash right there. <laughs> I think that actually just sounded like Mr. Ed. <laughs> What's the difference? Is <laughs> one took less drugs. The diff. Yeah. <laughs> well. Where can people find out more? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash horse strikes Mr. Ed's hooves. <laughs> Is that what it was? That's where he got his voice? He was like, well, Burr. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, JF, where can people find out more about you? Uh, at JF Harris underscore comedy on Twitter. That is too many letters. I know, it's terrible. J- oh. uh, somebody else has just JF Harris. They're- you should do JF underscore Harris. 
Somebody has that too. Son of a J underscore F underscore Harris. Somebody has that. How about JF underscore but underscore spelled out Harris? <laughs> I do that, but it might be more letters. Ah, oh, damn it. Damn it, James, oh, what about J-F? you? JF. Mm. Um, a Twitter thing? Whatever, whatever you want people yeah, to look Yeah, Twitter's up. good. It's J Domain on Twitter. And, and hits a movie with. Uh, yeah, sure. David Cross's movie coming out in February. Oh, very nice. And, Written um, and directed by. By David Cross, yeah. Starring David Cross? Or two, two people. And then me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Walsh, Meredith Hagner, James Domian. It's a big lineup. It's cool people. All right. Well, we're going to hit stop now, but not on your lives. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm Jay Bros. J.F. Harris. J.F. Harris. Julia Louis Dry. Okay. Brad Hall, Gail Mathias, Robert Downey Jr. There was that one weird fucking year. Everyone forgets about it. It was like Randy Quaid and Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. The only person that stayed was John Lovitz. Oh, memories. We have one last comedian tonight. And he's going to blow the roof off the mother sucker, roof off the mother sucker, tell the roof off the mother sucker. This man is one of my favorite comedians. I absolutely hate following him. And uh, he's also going to be in a new movie uh, with David Cross called Hits. A round of applause for James Adomian, everybody. Baron Vaughn, tickle, tickle. Hello, UCB. How are you? Um, good. I'm doing pretty good. I, um, I cut my hand open uh, the night before New Year's Eve. It was perfect timing. Um, I had to get four stitches, but mostly I was offended at how much fat bubbled out of my hand. I thought, like, it went deep, and so all this fat came out of my hand, and my first thought was like, well, that's rude. You could have... <laughs> My, like my hand like suddenly was doing like a WC Fields impression like well, I would like to relax and be drunk all day and perhaps collapse a hammock <laughs> it reminded me of when I stepped on a Nintendo Wii mat for the first time and I like they, the avatar is on screen and it's just neutral and then I stepped on it and it was like boom <laughs> And it was like, why did you have to go to the trouble of putting, like, the snare drum in and everything? But, boom. And, like, the Wii had no idea how much I was, like, sucking it in and, like, holding it together visually. Like, trimming my mustache a certain way to look 30 pounds lighter. Um, they were just like, nope. And I was, like, in front of, like, a room full of gay friends, too. And so they were like, they were like... Hey, come play our game and never fuck anyone again if you don't meet our strict Nintendo body standards. Um, but this, yeah, so it's healed up nicely and I'm, my, my fat hands are back to eating cupcakes and buttholes. Um... I live in uh, Los Feliz. That's a cool place to live. Uh, I live there because I'm gay and I'm also Armenian, and that's the only place those are allowed to overlap. <laughs> in Los Angeles. Um, everywhere else in L.A., it's like, Armenian, gross, or gay, no such thing. <laughs> but Los Feliz, they're like, we can make an arrangement. It's halfway in between Glendale and Silver Lake. We'll think of something... <laughs> So that's where I live. I can walk to Zanku Chicken and then Akbar. It's perfect. I have my my triangle. Um, it's a really uh, really cool neighborhood, actually. I, the, you know, you, it, I, they had a billboard. Actually, I'm Armenian, uh, and it's it's you know we don't have a lot of good times. Um, there's a great moment though. A couple months ago, they had this offensive billboard up in uh, on the border between Los Feliz and Glendale. It was for Turkish Airlines, and that's like it was deliberately targeted to the Armenian community, as in ha 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 ha. You can't do anything about it. Um, and then the best thing was they took the billboard down finally, and the, what replaced it was a billboard for how to get away with murder, and that was <laughs> perfect. Whoever thought of that. 
So, this, it's a cool neighborhood. I like it. Uh, anybody, we're on the border of it now, I guess. You're smelling it. Um, <laughs> lube and hummus. Um, I, uh, but it's, it's not perfect. You see some rough stuff in those filas sometimes. Uh, I saw a horrific car crash not long ago. Uh, a smart car was T-boned by a guy walking and texting. <laughs> Um, the smart car was totaled, but the iPhone was insured, so that's cool. They're going to keep it out of the court system because they were both writing partners on the same sitcom, it turns out. Um, I don't have a car in Los Angeles, uh, which is not... That, that wasn't in the legal framework when they started the city. Um, I shouldn't be allowed to exist. Um, I was thinking about getting a car, so of course the first thing I do is decide to waste three hours uh, a week on the Tesla Motor Company website. Like, why don't you just look at the coolest possible car? And I, you go waste time there if you want to, because the first thing you do is you're like, what's the coolest fucking Tesla I can get? And they're like, quarter of a million dollars. It's from space. And you're like... I can't afford that. So then you start bargaining down and like unclicking features on the Tesla. And I finally found a starter Tesla. It's, uh, it's, you, I only have to sell one of my brothers. And um, I, it's like, uh, it's electric, but you have to roll the windows up still. Like manually lock the doors. Jack, did you lock the doors on my fucking Tesla? Somebody's gonna steal it. I just think, I think for a quarter of a million dollars, I want, the car better be Knight Rider. That's what, it, it should be talking and like solving problems. By the way, can we admit now that Knight Rider is a gay romance and like just go, I mean, I hate to say it because it's a terrible show, but just go watch it once. It's like, they have a car and they have, first of all, it's David Hasselhoff who's just like, yeah, I'm as hot as it gets. And then the car... The car is the only thing that could top him, and it almost does, literally. Like, and the guy, the voice, the voice of the car is—I mean, I know my kind. The voice of the car is like, Michael. I don't think it's a good idea to be chasing girls on a weekend like this. Went out, went out, went out, tickle, tickle, went out, went out, went out, went out. Michael, if you really want to get my engines revving, you'll get inside me. Night Rider. The voiceover for Knight Rider and all those shows in the 80s, the, 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 the voiceover artists like smoked a lot of more cigarettes back then. So they, the, se the beginning credits for Knight Rider are like, went out, went out, went out, Knight Rider. <laughs> and then he takes, you can hear him on the, on the TV show, he takes a drag of a cigarette. He's like, Knight Rider. <laughs> a man with a car. <laughs> And then they have to cut together all the consonants from multiple takes because he was like, He's not alive anymore, is my point. Nobody sounds like that. Um, I'm, I'm gay. That should be obvious that that's not a bit yet. Uh, and I, uh, I was in Europe doing stand-up shows in Europe, and... Uh, that wasn't a good idea. I don't recommend it. Um, that's, there wasn't, like, I, I, I was, uh, they, they, first of all, they don't, it's not that they don't understand English. They understand it too well. Like, you're there, and they're like, oh, yes, we understand everything you're saying. The nouns, the adverbs, we understand the allusions to your little tales. We simply think that your, we think that your, uh, your culture is boring. That's the problem. They're, they're like direct and they're also assholes so the, after the show in Antwerp this guy was like the reason we weren't laughing is because it wasn't funny and he was the host of the show they love to do this thing in Europe where they pretend to be more progressive than we are here and like they look down on us like this guy was like trying to be progressive about gay rights and then he was like then he followed it up immediately with a gay joke he was like the reason it's not interesting for us to see you do comedy about gay people is that we had a gay prime minister 20 years ago we're so far beyond you and I was like oh okay and then he was like yes he had little fuckboys on the side fucky fucky fuck 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 <laughs> probably for money like it always is ha 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 
And I'm like, oh, you're not like, you're not progressive. You're just like a future science fiction homophobia that we haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> that is the correct. I am the boss of your video game, if you will. Every, everyone in Europe is everyone in Europe even the most homophobic person has had sex with at least two people of the same gender it's legally required <laughs> it's a specific spite based homophobia I don't like him because he hurt me um, my favorite uh, two British people right now this is a hard transition sorry uh, I'm, going sh- I'm going short I'm cutting the fat out of my hand um my favorite two British people right now, because I think British people are fictional. I don't think, I mean, I, you only see them on TV and shit. I think, and maybe have, they have some audience plants here and there in real life to make us believe it. I think British people are all played by Australian actors because they're really good at voices. Um, no, but I think my favorite two British people right now are Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen because they have a beautiful bromance. They're like... And they they sound exactly the same to me. If I'm just listening, they're like, one of us is gay, the other one is bald, and both of those are okay. I'm an X-Man, and I'm an evil X-Man. We're starring in a Broadway production of Tweedledee and Tweedledum. When an actor reaches a certain age, he can play certain parts, like King Lear or Tweedle. Sometimes we'll like uh, take a show from Britain and we bring it, we fix it, and we so we can watch it in America. Uh, like House of Cards was allegedly like a British show at first. Who cares? House of Parliament and all that, like. <laughs> No, we've, we read white and blued it so we can watch on Netflix. I'm obsessed with the show House of Cards. I love it. If you haven't seen it, it's about an evil congressman, Kevin Spacey. And uh, he, uh, he has this camera that he turns to for, with his like evil schemes to confess what's really going on. And I love it. It's a great device. He'll be like, that's a wonderful idea. I'll bring that up with the president of the United States. I'm going to ruin her career. <laughs> And I love it. I just want, I want a camera like that for me to turn to in my life because I don't have any Machiavellian plots. I'm actually just bad at dealing with people in all human social situations. So if I had a camera like that, I would be like, well, I'll be sure to bring that up in the House of Representatives. I've already forgotten her name. If you scratch my back, I'll be sure to scratch your back. I'm too stoned to be saying this on C-SPAN. <laughs> I like watching things on Netflix, though, because I don't have to watch the ads. Ads really... I mean, ooh, hate them. Uh, we're heading to, like, ad... The ad... The, what is it? The playoffs for all the commercials uh, a couple weeks? The Super Bowl? <laughs> Where, like, the way they advertise beer during the Super Bowl is, Hey, watch out, America! You might be too gay for our fucking beer! (laughs) And America's like, what are you talking about? We're 90% straight. We have kids. And they're like, sounds like pansy talk. Open a cold one. Get straighter. (laughs) And all the gay people are like, what are you talking about? We're drinking beer right now. We like it. And they're like, shut up! We have different ads for Pride Week. I do like I do like uh, the ads that are for, for marketed to kids. Uh, I stay up at odd hours doing drugs, so I see like kid shows and stuff. <laughs> and the ads for kids are so much more fun than ads for grown-ups. The ads, a typical ad for a kid looks like it's my acid trip from 1999, and it's like, "Hey, kid, you want to do some strawberry bubblegum claymation bubblegum?" And I'm like, "I want, yeah, I want two tabs of bubblegum." <laughs> Ads for grown-ups are like, do you feel guilty because your baldness has gotten in the way of your debt obligation, mortgage, tax fraud account, amortization, mesothelioma? I'm like, I don't want any of that. I want stuff for kids because it sounds cool. Hey, kid, what? You want to get fat? Uh-huh. Strawberry skateboard blaster dunkers. Awesome. 
from Sega. Sega! <laughs> they could get me. Just put Sega on it, even if it's not, if it doesn't make sense with the product. Still have that person inside of me. Hey, 35 year old dude, what? You want a car? Maybe. Keep talking about it all the time. Well, there's a new one from Sega. How? Who gives a fuck? Awesome! That's what I want, apparently. I want to fix my life with a Sega Tesla Knight Rider. who's also like my boyfriend. That's the problem. I, uh, all right, I gotta go. I'm not gonna do another joke. I'll do a quick thing because I started to do a thing and you've probably felt like, what was the next? All right. Um, or like how I thought we were gonna get out of here, the asshole. Um, so this, I'll just do, this is my, uh, this is my impression of uh, I'll, some comedians. This is Eddie Pepitone singing the songs of the Beatles. Um, Penny Lane! <laughs> the bomber shades are not a fucking customer! It's in my ears! Ah! It's in my eyes! Mommy! That was Eddie Pepitone the Beatles. Um, this is Matt. This is Matt Bronger. Uh, this is Matt Bronger at a circus. You ever? Uh, you ever sit on a clown? Anybody? No. You ever not? You never sit on a clown. You get tired. You sit down. Honk! Ow! Clown nose right in your ass. All right. That was Bronger at a circus. And then. You know, finally, um, this is uh, this is Louis C.K. and I don't even get a scenario. I'm just, I'm just a fat piece of shit, and I'm white, and it's, I'm an asshole, and my ass has a, is a cunt, and I'm. When you're young, all you want is pizza, and then you get old, and you become pizza. And <laughs> the toppings are failure and fuck. All right, that was that was Louis. You guys are fun. Come back soon. James Adomian. Thank you very much for coming to put your hands together. You guys have a good night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.